All right, hi, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun time capsule for my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, and this episode is definitely going to feature a lot of parenting. I'm never ever quite sure where the show is headed, but getting there should be half the fun. Uh, this episode, we have a very special guest from out of town. I'm very pleased that he can join us. Uh, welcome to the show, Jake. Thank you. It's amazing to be here. So, Jake, you are. Uh, I'm not. Don't have. I'm got yeah. my imaginary resume in front Fantastic. of me. Fantastic. Um, I uh, know that you are an accomplished mm. uh, theater producer, mm -hmm. um, writer, mm. singer. You're down in LA. Yeah. You, um, you've headed multiple nonprofits. So I sure. appreciate you making some time to uh, chat in my house today. No, my imaginary resume is really impressive. It's very impressive. There are some things I'm leaving off here. Sure. Um, uh, just that to protect yeah. your own privacy. No, obviously. The privacy of, of the, the stars. most importance. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. So um, I really wanted to talk to you, Jake, uh, yes. a lot today about fatherhood. Mm. Uh, but before we do that, I kind of, while I was writing about uh, and tracing kind of our friendship, yeah. I just wanted to kind of briefly review some things Let's and not, not how we've mirrored each other, but yeah. definitely how we have a lot in common, we've which mirrored, is terrific. You said mirrored, right? Not married. Married. I mean, I do have a text from Facebook that yeah. says, like, we married happy, each birthday, other? happy birthday, we should have babies. Really? Yeah. From Did I say that to you? You said that to me on my birthday. That's amazing. And, uh, what year was that? 2009. It's a long time ago. That was old. But basically, uh, our freshman year, we acted together yes. um, in Much Ado About Nothing. My first play ever. Really? You yeah. didn't do it in anything in high school? No. Not at all. I had never acted before that play. That's great. I'm glad I could introduce you. I think yeah. I pestered you into trying out. You, yeah, it was, it was you and Ben Shelton, I remember, were the two people that said, I need to try this. We'd barely known each other at that point. You, I think we had mutual friends in my dorm. Right, right. I hung out in your dorm. You, you're, right. You hung out yes. my dorm. I remember this now. Um, and you said I should try it because I think you were going out. And I'd always been interested in doing it. But in high school, I was very into sports and music. So uh, I went and tried out. And then it went really well. I know. I'm like, and I kind of just took over my life for a long time. It has still kind of taken over it, Yeah, in a way. It's still, yeah, it still has. It, it's led to everything. I but, like to think yeah. of between a series of events where um, I wasn't hanging out on your floor for a very yeah. specific reason, right. that you would just totally be an oboe player and God, a swimmer. be miserable. Well, I'd already quit swimming by that point. Maybe I got back to it, is that you what you're would, saying? I would have returned. <laughs> uh, and uh, we were both groomsmen in each other's wedding. Correct, um, yes. And your wedding was, was lovely. It was down in San Diego. I yeah. was just reviewing some pictures. Um, yes. You and Christy looked beautiful. Yeah. We also had dual bachelor party attendance, obviously. Obviously. We had fantastic times at both of those. I still occasionally think of that motto of your bachelor party, yeah. of the I was good to me. Yeah, sure. And so sure. I like to think yeah, of no, that I as think, a personal philosophy you for know, yourself. My, yeah, my philosophy is, you know, I think I have a healthy dose, or maybe too healthy a dose sometimes, of self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, when we were really drinking a lot at my bachelor party, that came out as as a nice slogan that really, I think, holds up as something, you know, you need to be good to yourself. And I feel like that self-confidence has yeah. uh, served you really well down in Los Angeles. I feel like you need, like, that self-confidence to, like, get by. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I guess so. I think I've always believed in uh, if you're really passionate about something, you know, and, and you can work harder than everyone else, then you can succeed in, in whatever you want to be doing. I don't think that's, that's necessarily actually true because luck and fate and you know the universe whatever you want to call it come into play in in, in what you're striving for but uh, i do think that your odds of success are a thousand times higher if you really believe in what you're doing and push yourself that hard awesome well thank you uh so yeah we definitely have a lot in common mm -hmm. um i remember uh, uh about february of last year yeah. um you were very nice and uh or an instrumental part of my bro baby shower yes. um so yes. i had my own baby shower down in las vegas mm -hmm. um and you were down there for business and you definitely uh treated me very nicely down there which was <laughs> terrific um one uh, memory that i have that i think will really kind of segue into yeah. our second category is that we you and i were yeah. hungover and we were yeah. sitting down at a filipino restaurant sure and which was really kind of our first time to just like sit down and chat with yeah. each other um and i asked you like what parenthood was all about and uh like what should i be expecting do you remember kind of what you talked about or the advice you gave me well you know it i think one of the first things i said was 
when you're about to have a child you have no like you can think about it you can plan it you can do take classes you can do everything you research it but your whole life is going to change in a way that you cannot really understand mm-hmm. until you're in it and you're not going to ever live your life the same way you are before you had a child and you're now not even you know you can be married you can be relationships you can um obviously you know have young relatives and things but when it comes to having your own child it's your life is not your own anymore so you have to be really ready for that and that every decision you make doesn't just affect you it affects you know someone who you care about i think more than yourself and that's really um just it, it's mentally emotionally physically exhausting in a way that um you can't understand until you're living it and it, at the same time it's the most wonderful experience and i think what i said was your your concept of highs and lows change right your highs are higher than they've ever been and your lows they're not necessarily lows but i think at least exhaustion wise are lower than they've ever been in your life for sure oh i suppose for our listeners um how old was your son at that time when we so a year ago Uh, a year ago he was three yeah right and how long had you and christy been married before you had parker three years yeah so was that for you uh, i guess let's unpack that a little bit more so in terms of parenthood did you know you always wanted to be a a dad or was that something that you and christy like had to have discussions about no no i always wanted to be a dad yeah um you know it's christy and i have always when we've made a decision we just go for it we we don't really second guess much we kind of trust that it's the right thing and we, we, also, we both wanted kids, and we didn't really overthink it, and we just decided to have a kid. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's the best decision you make in your life um, 99% of the time. And that 1% of the time, you're really frustrated because you have a difficult child, and it's hard, <laughs> but, you know, uh, that always goes away so fast, and it, you would never change a thing once you have a kid. Did you know going in when you got married that you wanted to have a kid? Or, yeah. yeah, we had that conversation. And I think that's really important to have that conversation before you get married. It's really hard to it's negotiate. Kind of key. Between zero and one kid, you yeah. can't have half a kid. <laughs> right. It's kind of really oh. important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I know couples have broken up because of that. They think one's going to change. Uh, anyway, yeah. It, it, it's been um, the best thing I think, I think I've ever done. No, that's saying something. You yeah. are a pretty accomplished guy. So, um, where did you had your brother had his kid at that point? Before no, my brother had a kid six weeks after me. Oh, so he was just trying to copy. Yeah, you. I think that's pretty much what happened. That's yeah, terrific. you know, he's older. It's kind of yeah. Well, that leads me to a second question. Mm-hmm. So, um, for for me, parenthood was really hard in terms of being a new dad and trying mm-hmm. to struggle with that. Um, and just trying to adjust to uh, this new reality I was in. And I feel like, uh, particularly since, you know, you live down in L.A., mm. um, I didn't have a lot of close friends yeah. um, that were parents. And for me, it was really tough. And particularly since, like, I had paternity leave, the, the, the privilege of paternity leave. Sure. Um, like, being a stay-at-home dad for three months was yeah. awesome, but really challenging really and very challenging, isolating. Sure. Yeah. Did you take care of uh, Parker initially when you uh, had him at all? And what? No. Kind of... I mean, I mean, yes and no, obviously. Yeah, right. You know, the great thing is, because the work I do, my schedule is adjustable. And when we first had Parker, um, I think we, we hired a nanny probably two or three months in, mm-hmm. I think. The first three months, I'm pretty sure. Christy was totally off work and then slowly worked, went back, but didn't like it anymore. You know, Mm. she wanted to be home with our son more. And I think she worked maybe for another six months after that. And then we, you know, got the opportunity down in LA and went, went there and everything. It was great. But for me, I've always, you know, it's, it's really important to spend time with your kids and I have to travel a lot, so I really maximize the time I have at home as much as I can, both for him and to give my wife a break. And, and you know, I, I just think, like, I, I see the difference of your emotional investment in your kids where you're not distracted and, and also thinking that you can somehow fix it with a present or something. It doesn't work that way. It's about your time. It's about your emotional investment that matters the most. 
So when you were having tough times, uh, did you lean on like family or your brother or what, what was your support going through yeah. that time? I mean, I think I was in a very similar situation with you uh, that you were in, um, and, except I didn't do paternity leave. You know, like I was back at work two weeks in and I think that actually helped me having, you know, that understanding that uh, I still have, I guess, a semblance of the life I had before Mm -hmm. while still having all the great parts of parenthood. I think I would have been a lot more scared had I taken the full three months off. Why do you think so? I think it's really isolating, you know, Um, and to be able to be back at work, you know, that time I was running, you know, my theater still, I think at that time. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, still, I was still able to have, uh, you know, all the creative outlets that I'd had previously, still do all the work I was doing. And, but at the same time, because my schedule was flexible, I was able to spend more time, you know, every morning with him. And, but, you know, they're also, they're a baby at that time. So it's different as they grow older and they communicate. And, you know, I'd say when they turn one and then moving forward, like that time becomes so much more precious. When they're a baby, it's just keep them alive. I agree. Yeah. I uh, I understand now why parents really celebrate the first year. Uh, it's yeah. not it's not to celebrate the child's accomplishments. It's that you kept a little human being alive yeah. and you haven't murdered yourself or it, your spouse. Exactly. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. And then as they start to be able to communicate, and then and then they start to be able to actually listen and understand, you know, both what you're saying and what you're asking and what you're hoping they're going to do. Like all that stuff makes it more challenging and less challenging because they have you find that they're their own person and they may have really strong feelings about things and they may throw tantrums and whatever it might be but just the sort of that discovery as a parent that oh this is the personality of my child is so amazing mm-hmm. you talked a little bit more about kind of after parker was born about uh your identity changing or certainly holding on to like being that you know running the theater but also being yeah. a dad um how did having a child change your relationship with Christy, or how did things change? You know, uh, I that first six months especially, I think it's really important, um, at least it was for me, to, yes, keep your baby alive, but at the same time, that that's not as important. I mean, obviously, that's, that's the most important thing, but it's also extraordinarily important to take care of your spouse, right, and make that the other total priority. Um, and I think for, you know, new moms, especially between, you know, postpartum and all the energy it takes and, and, you know, establishing your, your new identity as, as a mom and, um, things like breastfeeding and all the stress that comes with that, mm-hmm. you know, there's, as, as a dad, there's, there's not as much that we can do. Right. So we, we do everything we can, but like their lifeline is their mom. So I think what we do is take care of the mom as much as possible, make sure that they have, you know, what, what do they need? What are they craving? What can we help? You know, can we come home early and get them some extra sleep? Um, those, those are the things that I always, you know, really focused on in our relationship. And I think it helped enormously for the two of us. That's good. So Parker is almost four, almost four or turned four? No, he's four and a half. Four and a half now. So he's turning five. Um, does he reflect upon, like this last year of his life. I mean, yeah. what have you really enjoyed and what has been a real big challenge? It's been phenomenal this year, actually. Just such a great year. He's in his last year of preschool now. Um, and school is a game changer, too. Like, when they have this time, both both in terms of their um, social interaction skills um, and obviously their education level that rises as they learn things, but they also learn... Um, Con, you know more emotional based concepts and things and and uh they learn how to interact with the world better and i've just seen so much of that and you know like travel like even traveling you know coming up here on an airplane it's just so much easier when they're like until they're three it's just hard it's really hard they're squirmy they can't focus on things but, and he was a bit i'm sure he was a very big, big squirmy oh no baby. he was i mean at one I, there was a flight i had when he was a baby where I literally had to lock myself in an, in the bathroom of the airplane for 45 minutes because he had a night tear while on the plane. Oh, lovely. And was just screaming, right, at full volume. And you can't wake them up when they have a night tear because they think they're dreaming, right? So 
it's just everything's out to get them when they're a baby having a night terror and it's i mean as a parent it's like the worst thing because you can't really do anything they're just going to scream you try to comfort them it makes it worse it's just mm-hmm. it's terrible so he has that on an airplane because he dozed off for a minute and uh yeah i was just locked in an airplane bathroom so those kind of things are gone now right and it's amazing and he sleeps well and he you know he's going to acting camp this summer and he's starting like soccer acting in camp. the fall that sounds like a very so cal thing oh I, it really is <laughs> yeah they're doing zootopia it's gonna be spectacular i can't <laughs> i cannot wait to see it <laughs> but he's very expressive and that's what he wants to do right mm-hmm. he's like a very emotional and it makes sense because that's what my wife and are my wife and i are um but you know he's starting to get into these activities and one of the biggest joys as a parent is when your kid plays well with other kids. Mm-hmm. There's something so just like, we're doing a good job. This is really, like, he's a good person, you know? And that's so important as a parent is that your child is a good person. That's good. And I guess that leads me to another question, something that I haven't had to deal with Weston quite yet because he is, you know... Yeah, younger. Yeah. Younger. <laughs> I, I guess when I think a lot about things like emotional intelligence yeah. or things like that or... This Me Too movement or things where this really examining both male privilege, misogyny, feminism, I'm sure that's something Mm -hmm. that down in Los Angeles, a lot of your groups or circles, Mm -hmm. particularly within the performing arts or the movie industry. Oh, yeah. All the time. Right. Time's up. Yep. How do you think, how do you move forward or how do you be intentional about when you're talking to Parker or like demonstrating to Parker in terms of being a good like male role model? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely something I think about. Um, and, and the most important thing is uh, making sure that you're treating everyone with the same level of respect, especially when you're in front of your child. you know. Um, and then never telling him that something he wants to do isn't okay because he's a boy. Mm-hmm. You know, like if he wants to wear a dress, wear a dress. You know, if you want to watch My Little Pony and, and you know, get into that scene, great. Do that, mm-hmm. you know. Is that something that he's wanted to do or? Uh, he definitely w- he had a My Little Pony phase. Awesome. You know. Um, Aren't we very glad that that cartoon is much cooler now? It, yeah, right. <laughs> than, than back in the day. <laughs> right. I mean, I learned all about Nightmare Moon and, you know, all, all, all them. They were great. Um, but uh, it's... It's just making clear that, you know, gender lines don't really matter, mm-hmm. right? I see so many parents that are like, you're a boy, buck up, you know, or you're a boy, you know, you have to wear this or you have to play this sport or, and, you know, the other thing I see on a tangent is I see all these parents thinking their kids are going to be professional athletes, which is just such a ludicrous thing to raise your child as because you're just setting them up for failure. I mean, what percentage of people become professional athletes that want to, you know? Depends on the sport, but yeah, it's very well, small sure, regardless sure. of the I mean, sport. I mean, yes. if you're trying to make yeah, a yeah. permanent career out of it, I <laughs> right. guess, right? Like mm-hmm. one of those sports. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have any experience from that, just from your own experience doing a fair no, amount of swimming? Yeah, but my, my parents never, I never thought I would be a professional at it, and I mm-hmm. never you know, had that desire because I was raised trying a lot of different things. And, you know, you gravitate towards what you like and or love, uh, but at the same time, it's you can't say... Um, this is what I'm going to do for my whole life, which is what a lot of parents are doing to their kids. Like, you're going to be a professional soccer player, right? Like, we're getting you here, we're getting you in lessons or golf or whatever it's going to be. I think that's really damaging. I think what's most important is give them a lot of access to a lot of different things and let them figure out what they like. Because they have personalities. You can't force them to be one thing or another. You're, that's just setting yourself up for a lot of pain in the future. Mm-hmm. There's a really interesting article on ESPN that you might have read about Ichiro. About yes. his training re- regimen yes. and how yes. basically his father like yes. was this super strict. Yes, it's a great episode. I'll I'll link to it in the yeah. podcast description. But basically, um, his father pushed Ichiro to greatness, and they have not spoken in like twenty years. Exactly, and so just yeah. the, the price of yeah of driving someone and just yeah, how... I see it all the time, and I mm-hmm. see kids lashing out at their parents at a really young age because of it. Do you see that more now that I mean? Perhaps you weren't exposed to that when you were in Seattle because Parker wasn't old enough at that mm, point. Yeah. Do you feel like, or do you get a feeling that that's more prevalent down in kind of the Los Angeles, Southern California area? Yeah, area? probably. I mean, I don't know because I haven't experienced it here as much, right. but I think, yeah, probably it is. I think that's part of the culture is to strive for greatness athletically. And, and you know, it's not everyone. There's, it's just, you, you definitely notice it when it's out there. Gotcha. 
Is there anything you miss from the Pacific North? I know, I know you love it down sure. where you're living and things like that. Are there things you grew up kind of in the greater Seattle oh, yeah, area? Absolutely. What kind of things do you think you'll miss or hope that you'll instill or hope Parker captures an essence of of that yeah. Pacific Northwestness? If you just choose to continue living in Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. It's hard. You know, we talk about all the time how much we miss Seattle and Seattle area. And, you know, a big part of it is obviously the people and the relationships that we have up here. But and your family's Yeah, my here. family's here. Um, but, uh, you know, beyond making sure that he's like a Mariners and Seahawks fan... I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you do have two teams down in LA. You could cheer for. No, now. that's unacceptable. Obviously, <laughs> um, but uh, I think there's a laid-back way of living in the Northwest. Um, you know, caring about the environment, caring about um, community in a way that I I think is definitely instilled in me, and something I definitely want to pass on to Parker. You know, and then there's there's other things like loving going hiking to the mountains and the rain and the the sort of things that we don't have as much access to where we live so i think what's helpful is that we come up here a lot and you know when we're here we're going to expose them to those things awesome well we certainly miss you up here thank you so you mentioned earlier that you travel a lot internationally for mm. work um i am always curious because uh you travel a lot of the same places that I travel, like a lot of. I have, East yeah. Asia. I don't go to those places much anymore, but yes, I did. But yeah. you do a lot of basically yeah. big chunks of travel, right? How do you balance those demands of your job with? I guess first question: Is it hard to leave your family for yeah. that kind of big chunk always, of time? Always, always. Um, it's really hard to leave family, and as your as your kids get older, it gets harder and harder um, because they know, you know. And they don't understand, especially at certain ages, why you're leaving for so long. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to explain. And, you know, we have books on it and things that we've read. Like, here, you know, Daddy has to travel for work. And this is how it works. And he always comes back. But it's still hard. And it's harder on the other parent. You know, it puts a lot more pressure. Right. Um, so it, it's a challenge. And it's something that we constantly try to balance. And, you know, I always try to make sure that Christy has extra time. Um, for herself before and after I go. But, you know, if there's like a major time shift or something where I'm going, it's, it's you know how challenging that is. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely didn't have to like yeah. call my son or make right. sure that like my wife isn't going to like right. flip out. Right. But then, you know, coming back and you're totally jet lagged and you have to go immediately into taking care of your child. And which can I, can I say, yeah. as we get older, jet yeah. lag gets harder it and gets harder. It gets so much harder. I notice it like every year how much harder it gets. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just hard. It's always a balance and it's always something that, you know, you have to be conscious of and, and make sure that at least I try to spread out travel as much as I can. Mm -hmm. It depends on the time of year and what I have to do. But, yeah. Um, you probably don't have a typical year, but like last year, like yeah. about how many weeks would you say off the top of your head that you oh, traveled? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it depends. It really depends on the year, but, you know, probably two months out of the year. That's a, that's a big chunk of time. Yeah. That's that's tough. How do you stay in touch with? Do you like call? You know, I mean, the fact that we have FaceTime is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It makes a huge difference. So, a lot of that. Um, but you know, I'm also when I travel, I'll be in, I can be in meetings for like 15 hours straight. It just it just right. depends on the day, and you mm -hmm. do what you can, and you just need a partner who really understands what you're doing and why, so they can relay that to the to your child. Conceptually, how old did Parker need to be before he knew you were coming back? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have not needed yeah. to concern myself with that part right. of his I mean, development you, yet. You know, as long as you have your partner saying, like, he'll be back this day, or, like, there's a lot of things you can do, like have a calendar, mm -hmm. you know, where you're marking off the days, here's right. the day daddy comes home. Um, you can obviously call in every day and say, I'll be back this day. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, communication with your kid is really key on, on travel. So uh, you're here for Passover, yeah, which is awesome. Visiting yes. your family, yeah. um, from what I understand, now yeah. your family is Jewish, yes. And from what I remember correctly, yeah. Christie's family is Catholic. Yes, is that correct? Yes. So how are you choosing to raise Parker, or how how do you yeah. embrace both uh, your your spirituality into yeah. uh, his upbringing? Uh, you know, it it shifts a lot because our our feelings on organized religion change, mm -hmm. and our, our feelings on 
you know, the state of our country and how religion's affecting that. And I mean, there's so many things that go into your own belief system. And I think one thing we've both come to is you need to figure out your own belief system. Mm -hmm. And I think what that takes is just being exposed to a lot of different things and figuring out what works for you. Um, and, and obviously that's what we believe and anyone else can believe whatever they want to believe as long as it's not hurting anyone. But I think, you know, we sort of expose him to, yeah, this is a great example. We had Passover and Easter basically on the same day, right? You right. just kind of say, here's the two things that are going on. Mm -hmm. Here's what I believe and here's what, you know, I believe and this is this. is this. So take what you want from it. Do you, have you, are you just taking kind of like one one month, one year at a time or do you feel like there'll be a... Yeah, a, a I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think overthinking it is a problem. I think overthinking religion in general is a problem in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. It's like it causes more death than anything in our world. But mm -hmm. um, I, I think for now, it's just a matter of as holidays come up, we celebrate them. Mm -hmm. We we explain why we're doing them. Um, and at a, I'm sure at a certain age, he'll get old enough where he can start to understand more religious concepts and start to form his own belief system. Cool. Do you watch The Good Place at all? Yeah, I watched season one. I, okay. I've only watched part of season two. Okay. Well, that's fine. If you watch part of season two, that's fine. Because yeah. I feel like the underlying uh, yeah. tension in that show, whatever your belief is, yeah. like, I mean, what do we owe to each other? And like, yeah. how do you how do you be good? So yeah. in terms of not just sidestepping the religious framework right. or traditions. Right. Like, what kind of ethical framework are you trying yeah, to Yeah, that's for most him? important. Yeah. That's definitely most important. And that's that's really about just, you know, model behavior for a kid and watching their parents and how they treat other people and how they interact. Especially this early. Age, yeah, exactly. Right? So it's just a matter of you need to really be a good person. Mm -hmm. And you need to... And, and if you feel you're not a good person, you should constantly be striving to be a good person, mm -hmm. right? And you can change. And, and, and having kids makes you better because it makes you think a lot more about your actions and what you care about and what you want to pass on and what you don't want to pass on. And, you know, uh, it, it, I find myself just caring more about everything. There's a lot more to be caring about, yeah. I feel like, or just a lot of visibility. Um, yeah. both And, you know, the movements we already talked about, yeah. uh, Black Lives Matter yeah. and things like that. Absolutely. And a lot of issues that... Um, yeah. I feel like we were, I mean, we we're always going on even when we were children, but maybe yeah. not were as visible or um, yeah, I think with social media right, raising right. that kind of awareness. Right, and you know, that's obviously a huge concern is social media in general for kids growing up today. And like, how do you treat that as a parent? Yeah. You do know, you, how do you how handle, do you, when, do you, screen time? when do you give them a phone? Mm -hmm. You know, when, what age is that appropriate? What kind of social media presence do you let them have? Exactly. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, social media is tough. You know, I don't, I don't do it because of my job, but... Um, you see so many horror stories, right? Just like cyberbullying and kind of the yep. things that you, you couldn't even see if you were a good parent. No, exactly. Oh. So it's terrifying, right? And as they get older, especially you'll see when personalities start to come out, it's like, I just get so nervous. And that and that's the hardest part of being a parent is when you're away from your child, you get anxiety and that anxiety just never goes away. It never gets better. From what I understand, even when they go off to college, it only gets like worse, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. There's a really great... Um, I'm going to butcher this passage, but it's from uh, The Story of Your Life, which is a short story um, novella by one of my favorite authors, uh, who, which that, um, that science fiction short story became a rival, uh -huh. um, which, you know, deals a lot with, like, parenthood and raising yep. a kid. Yep. And I believe one of the first passages is, like, having a kid um, means that you have created a little version of yourself that you you feel all of their hurts and pains, but you have no control over yeah, them. Yeah, right. That's pretty much it. And it's a beautiful passage. Everyone should read that book. Yeah. Uh, short story. It's available. Um, you give me a lot of great authors over the years that I've gotten into. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I throw out a lot of things. You do. No, yeah. Well, I mean, we can get into it, obviously, but you've, you've influenced a lot of my, I don't know, life through, you know, your recommendations. Oh, good. I... Yeah. I I was on a very big. I guess yeah. I'm always on a big self actualization kick. So I yeah, just no, make sure no, I'm I'm the same. Right. Maybe I got that from you too. I don't know, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, because you know you introduced me to theater and playing guitar. Um, all of these things I should note for listeners that Jake is far more successful in all of these things <laughs> than I than I ever will be. But you introduced them to me. <laughs> like I wouldn't have done them without you. It's amazing. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I, 
I think another thing for me is as you go to have kids, I'm sure you're experiencing this now, relationships change and friendships mm-hmm. change and they grow in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And some friendships fall to the wayside when you have kids because not everyone can understand and relate what you're going through and why you'd be like you were before, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but like for us, our friendship has lasted through so many years now. Quite a number of years. And I, if you're saying nice things about me, I want to yeah. say some nice things oh. about you. Um, what I really appreciated about our friendship is that I feel like we've not always been very close friends, mm. but you have always been a very good friend mm. in that we might not stay in the best of touch. And sure. certainly when I was child-free and you had a child definitely further apart. <laughs> but I felt like yeah. there were points in my life where things were really hard. Yeah. And um, I knew that if I called you, you yeah. would be there. Yeah. And that was very valuable to me. Totally. And just in terms of having someone where if I... Feel like if I didn't talk to you for a year, but I called you up, doesn't said, matter, like, right? Yeah, Jake, I, totally. Yeah, I need you to come and like right. do something. <laughs> yeah, you would, you Done. would do of it, of course, in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate it. Of course, that, no, I think that's exactly right. And like, I think that those are the best friendships, especially as a parent, are the friendships you don't have to work at, mm-hmm. um, because the most valuable things to me are people that I can say, "Hey, I'm in town for a day. Let's grab a drink," you know. And it doesn't matter that you haven't seen them for two years or whatever right. it's going to be, <laughs> right. you know, um, because I don't have the time to invest, you know, um, in seeing people every month or whatever it is or mm-hmm. talking every day right. or every week. You know? And you're not on social media. So. Right, right. Uh, and I just I work a lot, right. you know, and, and every free moment I want to spend with my family. So um, having, you know, those kind of relationships are really vital awesome. as a parent. How do you, I mean, you talked about some friendships going by the wayside and yeah. things like that. For those friendships that you do want to maintain, how, how are you intentional? Something obviously I'm, I'm struggling with. How right. do you remain intentional about maintaining those friendships? I don't think it's about quantity. It's about quality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with, and, and part of it too is I have to really analyze who are the most important, what are the most important friendships I have. Mm-hmm. You know, and who are the people that will understand how I spend my time and why I spend it that way. And I think when it comes to being a parent, it becomes vitally important that the friends you have and the relationships you have understand that you're a parent that has to come first. And that out, as they get older, it gets easier. Mm-hmm. But especially, you know, I'm hoping so. Yeah, it does. It does. You can go out more. You can see people more because mm-hmm. they have a more clear schedule they're going to sleep through the night regularly you know those sorts of things where you're not both constantly exhausted and just trying to get through mm-hmm. um but i think part of it too is like that first i barely remember the first six months because you're so exhausted like i remember we played poker at your house yeah, during the first six yeah, months yeah. i don't even know how you no, or like, christy you, were coherent right you're like you don't yeah but you, because you you're on this weird right. I'm functioning level but not recalling or doing anything <laughs> right. like i'm not doing anything well yeah. Um, but I think that as they get older and you start getting sort of like your function and memory back, mm-hmm. um, you, you look back and, and think like, who, who did I actually miss hanging out with during that time? <laughs> right. And what don't I miss? You know, and you find value and, and your time becomes more precious. So do you feel like your relationship with your brother has changed now that since you both became parents so relatively close together? Yeah, I think it, I think it's helpful. I think it's great. Were you um, close before you had kids? Yeah, we're very. Yeah, I mean, we're, we've all been close. We're also very different people. Yes, absolutely. So it, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm. How would you say yeah, being kind of general to right, respect everyone's privacy? Right, right. How would you say you're different people? You're I, both tall and good looking. Totally. I mean, so good looking. But I think <laughs> um, no. I think what what's tricky is I'm not like a by the book person. Mm-hmm. I'm and a, he's literally a by the book. He's person. literally a by the book person, right? So we just we just live different lives. We you know enjoy different things, right? Um, but when it comes down to you know relationship, yeah, we have a fantastic relationship. I, I mean, we can talk about, and I think having kids brought us closer because of that, right? Mm-hmm. We have something that's really, really common for us, you know, common interest that we can talk about. Um, that's you know, every parent goes through the same struggles. 
every kid is different so they're not always you know as dramatic but <laughs> but every every parent knows and and that's something that that's why you have like mommy groups you know and daddy groups and whatever it's going to be it's like it is so helpful to commiserate with people going through the same thing that you are yeah uh, what kind of challenges are you going through right now as as parker is oh, almost five almost five it's insane it goes so fast. <laughs> like, really, they say it goes fast. It's crazy. Um, yeah, thank you, Echo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going through right now. So you get through these big phases of just how you deal with emotion, right? And like you can't boss people around how you really say please and thank you. How you... I mean, we're kind of past like the hitting phase and all that. You go through these horrible oh. just like... Oh, he's a big kid. So I know. No, scary. I had some damage. I had some damage, but he he's so he's very sweet tempered, and he's like people. He's he's genuinely nice to other kids, um, and the biggest issues we deal with are really just about like don't whine, don't and and the biggest thing for him has always been food and eating healthy food. I had the same problem when I was a kid. You know, I was very chubby. Uh, uh, yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was shocked by seeing some of your high school photos. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, I was because huge. I mean, you were a very fit, slim guy in college. In college, sure. Yeah, and I got slimmer after college. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it. He has an aversion of food, so he he's in occupational therapy for that, which helps a lot. Nice. And we have to do like a regimented, like we're sitting down for dinner. Here's the three things you're being offered. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to at least like touch it or something. But. <laughs> It's it's challenging, you know, and every kid has different issues. And, you know, we're we know so many parents down where we live and really like every kid struggles with something. Mm-hmm. Are you part of a parent group uh, down in LA ish? Well Christy has like a mom's group nice. that she's a part of and they do something like at least a couple times a week, you know, with all the kids getting together and mm-hmm. um that's been great. And, you know, being in school you meet other parents and that's great too. Um and then the best part for us is really where we live. Just our neighbors have be all, they all have kids yeah. and um, we all, they all play together. And it's just like having that community where you live is so incredible. Nice. Awesome. Well, do you have any, thank you so much for answering my questions. So yeah. We'll start wrapping up. Um, mm-hmm. But do you have any questions for me? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we need to dig in a little bit into like, I guess college, right? And I mean, if you want to, yeah. I, I mean, I, for me, you're, you've been so influential. <laughs> like, I was thinking about this on the drive over here. Just like, we did Much Do About Nothing together. We did, yes. What did we call it? Much You Do About Your Mom. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We were very, yeah. We were very college Very mature back then. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, that was, that show meant so much to me in the end because that's what got me started in theater. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this is what's been missing in my life. You know. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it was, I don't think it was a good show. I, I mean, I don't know because I don't really have context for that. I, I but, think it was fine. It was one of our yeah. s- a student-led productions. Some right. of the theater majors doing it. I think most importantly, we had a lot of fun. You we and did. I had smaller parts, so yeah. we had a lot of time. Like that's backstage. where we're, our, yeah, backstage yeah. goofing off, yeah. having fun, and it was a good. It was great. We were a good crew. So yeah, and then we did Into the Woods, which you had a big role in. Yeah, I was. In every scene of the first half, and yeah. then, then I was murdered. So I was then the narrator. You're, you're uh, the narrator, yeah. Of that one, which Phenomenal. is a great, um, which is not in the movie, which I was very sad. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, well, like, everyone can now see. Right. Um, right. But uh, I think the Sondheim staged film production yes. is, I think, on Netflix. Um, so yeah. if you want to see want to check did, that out. Um, you can do that. Yeah. But I would say I had a very interesting trajectory because I was super into theater right. in high school and yeah. freshman year. I was still very much. No, you were like in theater. the. You were like the acting intern, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was a theater scholar, so I yeah. did yeah, all four years. I did something else, whether that was pedagogy, acting, yeah. or tech theater. I mean, I think what I want to talk about is like, what did you think about your theater education in college? And because you switched, I did, I did. And, and like, what was it that made you switch? Because I think one of my biggest issues coming out of college was the education not the education i received necessarily but the theater education mm-hmm. and the way that they're setting people up in my mind having you know worked professionally in theater for so mm-hmm. long they're setting up their students for failure once they get out how oh, interesting um i wouldn't know as much about that since i probably knew halfway in yeah both based off of my experience and just um 
not the greatest experience with my uh, theater advisor at the time, who will remain unnamed. Um, I, and, yeah, I, I, I realized yeah. that um, this isn't the kind of living that I wanted right. to make. Right. Um, that Which I, I realized did, later, that I, after I've been acting professionally for a while. Uh, I yeah. valued stability. And yeah. then, I guess very pragmatically, especially at the time, I knew as a person of color that there weren't going to be a lot of roles for me yeah. if that was something I wanted to pursue. Yes. Yeah. And then I just knew that I was fairly talented, but seeing just even some of the some of the people that I yeah. had acted with um, that have gone on and are still acting professionally. Yeah. Um, well, Into the Woods was that like that production where it's like, oh, you have to be really talented right. to make this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I knew that both not the talent or the yeah the love to to do that. The passion was mm. be, partly because of your like. If you'd had a great advisor, do you think you would have continued on? I don't think so. You know, um, I really enjoyed kind of my uh, Asian studies major yeah. and really digging into the culture and things yeah. like that. I don't. Part of me regrets not doing theater and that communal aspects of it, mm -hmm. but I feel like I always enjoyed the process of creating and the and the acting and the coming together. But the actual like now you have to perform like yeah. X amount of shows during a week, knowing that as a if I was going to be a professional theater person, you're doing eight shows a week. Yes. And that's something yes. that I feel like would destroy well, me. Well, and you know, I, mean, I have so many friends that have done so I mean, at the peak, right? They've all been on Broadway and, and, and they've made it and they could continue to be on Broadway, but they stop because mm -hmm. it's a brutal lifestyle. And I just feel like it has to be a little bit emotionally stagnant. If you're in a successful yeah. run of something, you're, you're not creating doing anymore. the same thing for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, so that was definitely a reason why, um, after being exposed to a lot more of that and just realizing, I, I, knowing in high school that I got by on both um, a little bit of charm and just kind of raw, raw, and this is my air quotation raw talent, yeah. raw talent yeah. and knowing that I didn't have enough of the raw talent to, to skate by in college, just right. knowing that I Seeing think, the people work at it who really mm -hmm. cared and were right. passionate. Um, so I greatly enjoyed the things I yeah. did in college and, and the time I invested in the, the theater right. program and my theater minor. Right, theater minor. Um, but when I think it's this is an episode that will air before this one. Yeah. Uh, as an Asian studies major, just yeah. that trajectory took me to Japan. It took no, me to it was clearly the right choice for you. It yeah. was it was the right choice for me. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. I think the only thing I kind of miss about that is yeah. it's hard for folks that have met me in my thirties um, yeah. to say that you know I, I was, was a theater it? scholar. Right. I was like doing all this theater. And right. I'm very them, creative. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> for them conceptually to <laughs> right. be this. This right. guy that they know who does like a lot of operations and systems right. or very, does very formal yeah. like interviews. It's challenging. Um, they just don't know conceptually. Well, I mean, for me as a, as a theater person coming out of school, it was, I had so much jealousy toward people who had not had a theater degree because there's, I, I mean, and you know, this is, I don't want to get specific about our college, mm -hmm. you know, and everything, but um, there was a lot taught there in terms of theater. I think, you know, I wish I got into a program where you had to sort of get in more, mm -hmm. you know? I feel like our the program went through kind of an explosion slash growing pains. Yeah, while we were there. Sure, while we were there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it is now. No idea. Uh, no yeah. idea. I know. I don't even know. Who, I don't know who teaches there. I mean, I would say that. Yeah. So, yes, I am very glad I did not yeah. pursue the theater profession. I'm, I know it wouldn't have been a good fit. For well, me. I mean, for, it, I, it, I was almost a you know went to music. And mm -hmm. It was the same sort of thing when theater came for me. It was like, oh, this is actually what I want to be doing. And you know, obviously, the Asian studies worked for you. It was the right move. Yeah. You got to and you got to travel way before I did. I have done a lot of traveling. It's it's been a little sad to hang on my boots at least temporarily yeah. on my traveling. I'm boots. sure I'll get back there. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Do you miss it? Yes and no. I mean, I feel like I would miss uh, West quite a bit, but yeah. I definitely miss like it gets harder when they get older. Believe <sighs> me, but like. There's a part of like a wanderlust that never goes away once you've been there. I miss the travel. I miss the food. Yeah. Like um, just that sense of discovery is yeah. something that I, I definitely miss. Or yeah. just, yeah. So, so yeah, I yeah. guess that was your, to answer your theater question. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, do you, and do you see theater anymore? Do you like, do you care about any of it? You don't. There's no, no. You can say no. I think it's the right uh, answer. No, I don't see theater anymore. Yeah. I am. A, uh, Virginia was in some shows, and I was very sad. I missed her to support her. Um, so I think the next thing that she gets into, if she does do that, I will definitely go. That's and see quite. Her she's still acting. That's fantastic. Um, I think she just dabbles in a little bit. That's, That's great. kind of her That's creative great. outlet. Yeah, great. And right now, she's podcasting, which so is phenomenal kind of as well. Yeah. Um, uh, she has again phenomenal podcast. I'll I, plug I'm, it here I'm gonna, again. Yeah, casting I'm gonna, notes in class. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of there. I guess, um, so no, I 
I do kind of miss, and this is something you, I mean, you know that I love like karaoke, but like, yeah, yeah. I come from a huge uh, choral tradition, right? Um, being raised in a lot of choirs, right? So I do kind of miss that a little yeah. bit. And so I think when Wes is older, I might try to find some sort of community choir or something. Yeah. I mean, I think that's for me the most important aspect of of the arts and theater is just the camaraderie you get out of it. You know, those exp- those forced experiences of hanging out together <laughs> right. for long periods of time during like text or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Um, they become really special moments and things you really treasure after you don't have them anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. What was the first like major experience we had outside? Like, <laughs> sorry, they, like... outside of like doing the plays. We've uh, done that. I think one of the more memorable I mean, I've got a couple of emerald things. I feel like between freshman and sophomore year, yeah. I was hanging out here in Seattle. And we went to Woodenville to see at the Chateau yeah. St. Michelle Winery. Yes. And we saw Counting Crows. Counting Crows. Um, One of my favorite bands of all time. And since you were... And you knew someone who was working in the wine yes. tent, so you got us like all the And wine. we were 19. And we were 19, yeah. so... Not that I condone underage drinking yeah. in the least Weston and Parker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know you're listening. Yeah. Um, but that's that was right. great. Yes. That, no, that was great. That was a We lot have of fun. a lot of fun memories. Like, yeah. um, so, you know, we were good friends before Facebook existed, so yes. not a lot are on here. But yeah. um, I visited you in D.C., I think, between sophomore and junior yes. year. Yes, when I was interning for Congress. Yeah. And that was a lot yes. of fun. We yeah. uh, got super lost in D.C. We went to an Orioles game. Didn't we, like, go to the monuments at night? Did we do that? I think we did the monuments at night. We, like, night. drove around, like, yeah, and basically, midnight. Yeah. I flew out because I was going to do my internship. So that was between, that was my... That was your theater internship. That was my theater internship. That's right. So I tooled around with you for a week. And, yeah. Because you were staying with your, um, your mm-hmm. relatives. Yes. And that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of that fun. That was actually a blast. Yeah. Man... That's right. Yeah. And, and we went back to Winter Victoria with uh, another group, didn't it? With Jono and... Jono and Nick. And someone else. Someone else. I do have a picture floating around, I think, yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we've done lots of... Yeah, and travel. obviously Vegas a bunch of times. And, mm-hmm. um, and we keep trying to get you on a hike, which you won't do. Not really. I mean, here's the thing. Like, yeah. Are I'm, you worried that we're going to kill you? A little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, it's I will, valid. I will get we almost you, killed ourselves. So. I will get you and Nick yeah. in a podcast, and we might have to just remote you in. But yeah. I would definitely want you to recount very in detail <laughs> when you're all here about yeah. the time you legitimately almost died in yeah. Joshua Tree. Yeah. What would you say you've learned in the last nine months that you didn't know before? Or just since having a child? Yes. I guess I didn't really know, like, how hard something could be. Like, like you know conceptually, like, oh, yeah, having a baby is going to be hard or right. it's going to take up time. But, yeah. like, you don't really right. recognize how valuable your time is until literally every minute of yes. your free time is accounted for. Yes. Or, so, I guess that was an enormous challenge for me as someone who, like, valued his free time and, like... Yeah. I had a great had I still have a great relationship with my wife. But yes, we're right. very independent people, different work yeah. schedules. So yeah, like, yeah. we um, yeah yeah, but then to suddenly be like, oh well, now I'm taking care of a child or a baby, so to have all that time gone um, was really hard, um, both in yeah. terms of um, friendships, in terms of personal health, um, relationship health with my wife, yeah, and. Um, just work, work being a very... What do you mean by, like, fr- what friendship issues have you, have you run into? I just feel like a lot of the friendships and that how I maintained my friendships was just, like, uh, going out yeah. or um, to movies or drinks or going to house parties and things like that. Um, not that I did a lot of these in the last couple of years, but... I mean, that's where I would see my friends during yeah. these these big gatherings, and that's how I would maintain the friendships in terms of like catch up on how they're doing, yeah. stay for a while, um, stay out as long, yeah, as I needed to to make sure I caught up with my, with my friends, touched base with them, and made sure everything was well. This reminded me of that night at my cousin's apartment. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which <laughs> don't need to dig into that one, but, but yeah. that was terrific too. Um, yes. So just to. Mm, since when that was taken away, that was both hard for me in yeah. terms of like uh, m- maintaining those friendships and then just really realizing that near the end of the year that 
I felt really disconnected to a lot of my friends and it mm -hmm. was uh, not their fault, but just if that was how I was maintaining my friendships and I wasn't putting it, couldn't put in that time, yeah. then like I couldn't expect them to also turn around and give me that kind of time too. Right. Um, so just, um, so that was really hard. And I think the genesis of um, both this podcast, the, the yeah. letter you got from me was right. really about. Do you feel like that's changing now? Do you feel like you're getting a grip on it or is it still like a daily struggle? I feel like a lot has changed. Uh, it has gotten a lot better. Both, you know, Wes started sleeping mm -hmm. through the night around month nine, um, which... That's early. That's good. Uh, so that I could devote enough time to my health and to... Yeah. I mean, for Allison, so we're both in a better place. Yeah. And then that may let me come up for air in terms of saying like, okay, now I have enough time to invest in right. trying to pick up on those relationships, yeah. on those friendships. So. Yeah. So it's been hard though, just in terms of reestablishing those friendships and also right. trying to like change the nature of how we we right. how spend time with those friendships right. so you know it, it's people who just will n they'll never understand what we're going through so i find a lot of frustration in having those conversations with or, or even trying to maintain those relationships who will just mm -hmm. never understand what it is you're dealing with and why you're behaving the way you are and why your personality's probably changed somewhat yeah, I don't, I don't know if my personality has changed. I don't know. That's I mean, your question. priorities, I guess. Pri priorities, because I think, for it, sure. I, think, I think your personality is based on your priorities in a lot of ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at least the way that you're going to tackle your life. So um, when your priorities change, everything changes. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like, I mean, how, how have your priorities changed? Or how has that been hard for, for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, Parker is my number one priority at all times, mm -hmm. right? So my travel is based around providing for him mm -hmm. right it's why it's it's to earn more money so that i can give him you know a better life and pay for his school and you know all those mm -hmm. things how do you strike the balance of like working more means i can earn more money but yeah. the more i work the less time i'm spending it's, with it's really about like making sure when i travel it's worth it gotcha right it's turning down trips that aren't it's and and you know i, I think a lot of it is with with the work I do now, I, I do so much less travel for, I mean, I hardly do any travel now for the theater world stuff. You know, I really just more consult at this point. It's it's the foundation stuff now where it's like, well, my work is helping other kids in need. So I have to, you know, right. like, and I relate to that so much more and what they're going through. And, you know, it, when you go to parent, it's hard to watch like those commercials where kids are sick or hurt or whatever it is because you just relate so much more you know and you get more emotional and you cry more <laughs> you know which is healthy which is fine it's healthy but like I have, i'm not i'm not a crier so this was very you know alarming for me do you hope parker becomes a cryo is more yeah, of a well, cryo i mean i want people i mean i want everyone to, be able to express their emotions more i think that's a huge problem in our society but right. um i never want him to feel like and i think this part of the generation we grew up in where it's like it's not manly to cry it's right. insane you know, it's human to cry, but it's, I, that's still something that's ingrained in me. You know, you gotta buck up. So, I don't know. I know, man up. Yeah, man up, right? Quote, that, quote. that, yeah, exactly. Man up, right? What is that? Be a man. It's, I mean, you are great. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but what what are you gonna do? You know, in all the gender equality with Wes. It's a great question. You know, I've reflected a lot on kind of, and I talked to Virginia about it too, um, about growing up Asian American and like yeah. being comfortable with your identity and what does that mean? Um, but I haven't really delved into or reflected quite as much about um, gender roles or gender equality yeah. or what does it mean to be a man. Um, I hope that kind of like what you said just right now in these first formative years really modeling good behavior and I'm, I'm really um, proud that um, I feel like he's got a really good role model in his mom who yeah. is uh, right who's a who's got a doctor of veterinary medicine yeah. who is a full-time um, a more than a full-time doctor who is um, a, a fantastic mom yeah and is a really strong person yeah and I'm hoping that when he sees like how our relationship is that yeah. he knows like that expectation of yeah how you treat women and um, that um, that women are just as awesome as men. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's my baby step for now. So. No, that's great. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things you think about. I, I've learned they just have to stop 
I think what I work on more these days and more than anything else is like mantras and things that that stop me from constantly having anxiety. That's interesting. I would not, I, I guess you and, I've never seen that side of you in terms of anxiety, but I feel like yeah. being a parent has definitely layered on uh, another layer of anxiety for right. me. Right, yeah. And something that um, I think I think Allie would be fine sharing that, you know, she had some postpartum anxiety. No, so did Christy, yeah. 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 Just... I think everyone does to some extent. I don't know if you can totally get by that, but um, yeah, I mean, having a, a child just adds a permanent, you know, it's that high highs and low lows. It adds a permanent layer of anxiety to your life that mm-hmm. never goes away. Yeah, actually part of um, the, there's a lot of plays on words for this podcast title. Mm-hmm. And some of them were because all the good cast names sure. are taken. Yeah. Um, but there's this really amazing book that I enjoyed called um, um, All Joy and No Fun. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and it's basically a longitudinal study about yeah. how parenting affects happiness. But yeah. I think yeah. the title of that book came out of the fact that when you're a parent, you have these incredible highs and yes. like amazing amounts of joy. But like yeah. in terms of like moment moment satisfaction or like right long like in short-term happiness yeah. or even with yourself or your relationship plummets yeah <laughs> when you have your have a child so right. just about kind of yeah those incredible right. highs but incredible lows right so half the fun is to play on all all, all joy and no fun no that's great it's very appropriate <laughs> um all right last question then yeah. what are you what are you into right now as a parent like what are you reading? What are you listening to? What's what's getting you in difficult moments, you know, where you're like finding an outlet? Great question. Um, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going really well. Thank you. I think this interview is going <laughs> great. Uh, I lean a lot on my parent support group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was part of... Uh, oh, you are? Yeah. Um, is it like a pep group? Yeah, a peps. So do peps and that... Was the one that included both um, moms and dads. That's very cool. I'm so, glad that worked out for you. So um, chatting with those dads has been really helpful. Good. Um, reaching out to folks like you and a couple of other friends that I've had who have already had kids. Yeah. Has been really helpful. Um, chatting with my sister who has two kids. Um, who are, ugh, I'm sorry, Lisa, are, are like five and two, maybe six <laughs> and two. I am not six fine. and three and not the, not the greatest you don't need to know that's anymore. really not yeah right. um has been really helpful too but it's been hard i mean i am just trying to forge this you know what what does fatherhood mean right. when you were like a big concert guy before yeah i was big into concerts I was yeah like, God, i was big into a lot of drinking yeah I don't, know, I don't know yeah concerts drinking you also really valued your sleep I did. I still value I value it even more every drop. Yeah. Every drop I value. Um, but I'm much better about valuing that. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, what was your question? No, but like, you know, are there any other, like for me, I find a lot of pleasure in listening to other podcasts or mm-hmm. podcasts for me or, you know, when I'm driving somewhere, give me a lot of relaxation or, you know, just outlets. There's books that I read, you know, that give me a lot of... Okay. So not specifically about parenting, but... Just like, well, like, but what keeps you sane right now? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, I've got about a 30-minute commute to work, so I have been listening to more podcasts. Okay. Um, I've really gone down this rabbit hole of podcasts that talk about bad movies. How did this get made? How, like, how did this get made? Yeah. Which I would love to piggyback, like, one of their Largo shows, yes. like, was Visiting You. You should. We should do that. Yeah. It's, it's, like, my favorite podcast of all time. Um, and the other one is We Hate Movies, which is very I, of similar. Course, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to stay off social media as much. Yeah, um, I totally it's agree. Just rabbit hole of just it's just depressing. When, yeah, like I don't, especially I was when I was thinking really about this. It, yeah. Right, right. Like I don't know if anyone's ever like opened Facebook and gone through and been like, oh, I feel so much better. It's nothing but anxiety, you know. Mm-hmm. And For I don't sure. know. I don't. I, I yeah. I've just stopped. Like. I'll go through it once in a while, but only if I have to like be waiting for something. Yeah. All right. Well, um, do you have anything uh, you want to plug or promote or other things that you think our listeners should, or all five of our listeners should check out? It's a great question. Well, apparently I'm going to plug Virginia's podcast. What's it called? Uh, Passing Notes in Class. Passing Notes in Class, which I haven't listened to yet, but I'm sure is phenomenal. Virginia is a person I've also known a really long time, yeah. but I have not seen Set Your Wedding. So Ooh. I know. All right, well, here's the formal close, so I don't have to uh, edit this in. Uh, Well, thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, 
and we are hosted on Anchor FM. Uh, music used for this podcast includes Livewire by Steve Combs, with the Wisp, with the Whimper by Josh Woodward, and Olivia by Heisen. Uh, you can email us at halfthefunpodcast at gmail.com, and you can send us voicemails through the Anchor FM app. Um, so, um, want to be on the show? Drop me a line. Uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>